Hello and welcome to The Student Space, a podcast for students about high school, life after school and how to actually be an adult. This episode is all about Alice's experience missing out on her dream course because she didn't get the ATAR. Hear her inspiring story how she worked hard to transfer after the first year of uni. We talk all about being a first year in a COVID world and learning online and all about a double degree of law and commerce at two different universities. Enjoy! Before we jump into the chat, I want to respectfully acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which I'm recording this podcast and pay my respects to the elders past and present of the Rwandri people of the Kulon Nations. Hey Alice and welcome. It's so lovely to chat with you today. I always ask my guests the same question. So we're going to chat three questions before the degree. Now don't stress, just answer the first thing that comes to mind. Now, if you won $10,000 today, what would you do with the money and why? So with $5,000, I would invest it into shares. Ooh. And then with the other 5,000, I would donate it to an Aboriginal community, Indigenous Ooh. community. Which, do you have a particular one? No, just you- an Indigenous community or a foundation that supports Indigenous communities. Lovely. And when you're worried or stressed or perhaps anxious, what do you typically do? I go for runs. Um, mm-hmm. That's my happy place, running. Varying uh, distances, sometimes go for a short, quick run. Sprinting is my my thing, but also I really like long distances as well. So just running in general. Love it. Look, I can relate because I'm trying to get into running, but I know a lot of people wouldn't be able to run around the block. So when you say short, are you talking two to three or are you talking like five to ten? When I'm saying short, I actually mean sprinting. So um, 400 metres, 200 metres, around that. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah. Um, And the last movie or TV show that you'd watched? Funnily enough, I actually don't watch TV or movies. So I couldn't answer that question. (laughs) That's okay. Honestly, same. Just too busy watching YouTube and other random stuff. Exactly. Got other things to do. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Now, before we unpack your university experience, this chat will be a little bit different because well, we'll talk about this, but you've actually transferred universities. So before we jump into the university chat, tell us about your high school experience. My high school experience uh, was very enjoyable. I loved that my school um, was, I guess their focus was about producing all-rounded individuals. So individuals who were um, strong in the academic field, but also um, individuals who can play sport, who can play music, who um Uh, have great people skills, et cetera, et cetera. So that's what I really loved about my school and why I chose Ivanhoe um, to start off with. But I actually, um, in year 11 and 12, chose to do IB. And um, so there are two options at my school. You can choose to do IB or VCE as your program in year 11 and 12. I choose IB because I believed it was more um, suited towards me. And yeah, that's that. Awesome. Well, I know you did touch on IB and for anyone listening today who may not know what IB is, there will be another episode that I'm recording recording with Alice about unpacking all there is to know about IB. So you can look out for that. And my next question for you is when you were in high school, what were your aspirations for after high school? Did you want to go straight to uni? Did you think about a gap year? Um, funnily enough, I actually did not consider a gap year at all. I believed that um, the gap between high school finishing and um, university starting, that four month gap was long enough for me to do all my travel and have enough break and rest and all of those kind of things. So I was keen to get straight started um, into university and university life. Awesome. And so when you wanted to jump into uni, what did you want to do at uni? And then how did you find out that or how did you find your passion out during high school? So it was actually in year 10 that I considered um, doing a double degree of law and commerce and through discussions with my mentor at the time and the careers counsellor, people sort of questioned why I was doing a double degree and what the benefits of a double degree really are. And so that made me reconsider Uh, doing the double degree of law and commerce and I thought okay perhaps maybe I should do just straight law or perhaps I should do straight commerce. Um, Then as time went on I um, did my research myself, um, properly evaluated um, doing a straight degree versus a double and I decided that the double is actually um, perfect for me, it's more suited to me because it opens up um, two or opens up a broad range of pathways and it's just good to have um, 
two disciplines going at the same time because then I never get bored of either commerce or law. Perfect. Now, did you do like legal, commerce type of subjects in, I was going to say BC, but I know you did the IB. Interestingly, in IB, legal isn't a study. It's oh, not a subject oh. on offer. There you go. Um, the reason for that, I think, is because IB is worldwide and so there can't be a consistent um, legal subject across yes. um, the world. I did do um, quite a few commerce subjects in IB. So I did economics and business management. Awesome. Cool. And did you go to any open days? Did they help you make your decision as to what uni was your first preference? Yes. Um, my chemistry teacher actually said to me, you cannot choose a uni if you don't go to an open day. 100% preach. Yes. The thing is, uh, you'll be spending the next three, four, five, six years of your life at this place. How can you choose your uni if you don't actually go into the campus? And so from that, um, I did exactly what my teacher said. I went to um, two open days. Um, went to Monash and Melbourne's Open Day. Luckily for me, it was before COVID hit, so I was able to go to these in person. Absolutely. And while you're on like campus in person, talk to the people, get the vibe, it's a bit hard when you're at home. Exactly. I, I get that. Yes. Now, had you not gotten into your dream course, or by the way, what was your first preference? My first preference was commerce and law at Monash. Yep, double degree. Yes. And then second? Um, law and commerce at La Trobe. Okay, cool. Yeah. And had you not gotten into your dream course, well, you just told me you had a backup. Mm-hmm. Were any of your backups not law and not commerce? Yes. Actually, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was thinking in my head they were straight law or straight commerce as my other backups. Um, yeah, I'm not sure what my preferences were beyond five, six, seven. Yeah. Um yeah, all involved law and commerce. Love it. So you had your heart set on it. Correct. Yes. Now let's take me through the day you got your ATAR. Now mm-hmm. just want to reiterate, and you can explain this as well, but you get an IB score mm-hmm. and that score translates into an ATAR, right? Correct. So tell me how you felt before you received it and then after you received it. Um, so that day, I recall it so clearly. <laughs> um, I feel a lot of people do. Like it's something <laughs> they can pick back in being... I don't know if it's important, but like key part of their life. Exactly. Yes. I wonder how long we will remember this day for, but I, I feel like it'll be a very long I know, time. I know. <laughs> um, so this day I woke up, I think I went for a run in the morning. Um, I went for coffee with my mum and then, uh, oh, I should note, we were um, getting our scores at 2 p.m. Okay. So that's, that's what I knew. 2 p.m. had to be home online at that time. So yeah, I went out for coffee with my mum. We bought some art supplies and um, came back home at around 2 p.m., logged on and... Wait, before you say anything, how were you feeling? Were you feeling confident? Did you feel, I did well in my exams or I did as best as I could? I am expecting a higher score, a lower score. Where where were you at? Um, I think I was at a pretty good place. Obviously, really quite nervous, but I... um, Yeah... There was confidence there as okay. well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I did have a range that I set for myself. And so I thought this is worst case scenario. This is best case scenario. So I thought, yep, yeah, if it's in the range, that's cool. That's fine. Um, logged on and yeah, I just burst into tears straight away. <laughs> were they happy tears? No, they were not. <laughs> okay. And that's okay. Yes. So it was lower than expected? Yes. It was lower than the um, lowest on my range. Wow. Yes. Okay. So going in super confident, getting an ATAR and being unfortunately really disappointed. How did you deal with that? And and what happened from that moment onwards? So I think obviously that day was really hard for me. I think the rest of that day is a bit of a blur for me. Um, Totally understandable, of course. (laughs) The next week I was really quite upset, um, still sort of processing what had happened. And I guess it was sort of the... Um, if you could compare it to the cycle of grief, uh, the, the first stage, yeah, um, totally, of I course. guess, denial. Um, and then as at the end of that first week, I'd sort of accepted, okay, this is, this is it. Um, I have two options here. I can keep, um, being upset and have more of a sook about it, I guess, a sook. um, or I can do something about this and, um, 
I chose to take the second option, do something about this and um, hopefully try to get to my end goal, destination where I want to end up. So. Absolutely. So the um, ATAR or the score that you had gotten, the reason you were so upset is because it didn't get you into your dream course, which was the double degree law commerce at Monash. Correct. And it was also, it, it was that a majorly, but it was also because um, just in general, the score was lower than what I thought. So even if I just missed out on that first preference, um, I would have been fine. But um, yeah, it was also the score itself was lower than what I expected. Yeah, of course. And so now that you chose to take option number two and say, hey, yes, I'm going to be sad. And by the way, you were totally allowed to be sad. You're allowed to cry for days. You're allowed to be angry get it all out and then when you get to that stage that you're going to do the second option pick yourself up and go for it and do the, the second best thing that you had on your list tell me about that so when you decided hey that's fine I'm just going to do my number two preference which was law commerce at La Trobe when you were when you started that from that day did you reset and say okay I'm going to aim to get into Monash and transfer oh when I started yep. at La Trobe uh, yes. So uh, this decision was made pretty much at that stage. Oh, so cool. it wasn't halfway through my time at La Trobe that I decided I wanted to transfer. It was actually from the very start. So you hadn't even started and you're like, I'm going to go to La Trobe, Correct. I'm going to build myself up and then I'm going to work out how I can get to my next path. Yes. Cool. And at that time, actually, my um, something I had in the back of, the back of my mind was I don't want to um, – not properly um, give Latrobe a chance or properly um, be involved at Latrobe. I thought um, I really don't want to have that attitude of Monash is my uni, this isn't my place, um, don't want to try here. I thought, no, I'll give Latrobe all that it deserves, um, give it a proper chance, um, see what it's got to offer because I'm sure Latrobe has many great things to offer that Monash does not. And um, I made sure that's what I did and, and that's Absolutely. what I did that first year. I think it's also good to note that going in with that positive attitude that you think I'm going with an open mind and I'll just see what I can make the most of this um, experience. That's exactly it. Yeah. Cool. So now let's talk about the first um, year of uni. So you're at Latrobe, but this year of uni was a little bit different because it was in a COVID world. Mm -hmm. So how did you go transitioning from a high school student, you know, socializing, being with peers in class with a teacher to being fully online? Yeah, it was it was tough because we only had one week of uni at the start. I guess we didn't really know what we were missing out on. So um, if we could compare a first year uni student who's had, yes, um, what I had, um, one week of uni on campus compared to a second year uni student who would have already had a year on campus, I feel like they, um, it potentially could be more challenging for them than for us. Um, and to be honest, uh, yeah, it was a bit hard with the engagement and motivation, but it wasn't that bad overall. The teachers tried um, really hard and I think the support um, available at La Trobe was awesome um, for students online. Um, yeah, the teachers tried to make um, the classes very, very engaging. Students, I found, participated a lot more in my law classes than my commerce classes, so that was a challenge, especially in breakout rooms. But making friends was actually fine. That was I, going to be my next question. I was going to yeah. say, in an online world, how do you form connections when you're all completely new and like want help with the assignment or to do group work? How does it work? Well, you just have to um, message people and just people I find really appreciate you reaching out and messaging them. It just starts with um, messaging about the schoolwork and then you start talking about other things and then before you know it, you're friends with them. So it's really not that difficult. And I think um, I did that to quite a few people. Um, people did that to me as well. And uh, one of my friends actually reached out to me to start a study group because she noticed I participated quite a bit in class. Um, so, yeah, it all, all sort of works out okay. It, it did work out okay. I guess in what the situation you've got, you just make the most of it because you're all in it together. I know how cliche that sounds, but everyone's at home, so you'll participate. Yeah, and that's what it is. Yeah. I totally get that. And so let's think back to all your first year uni subjects because I'm guessing if you do law at Monash or if you do it at La Trobe or Deakin, you're going to have to do the 
the same fundamental units, no matter they might be a little bit different. Yes. So how closely did anything that you did in high school relate to what you did in first year uni, commerce or law? Um, well, obviously because I didn't do any law subjects, um, none of the law um, subjects that I did in first year um, related to what I did in high school because I didn't do that subject. But my economics subject actually aligned almost perfectly to um, the content in high school. So you would have done like introductory micro and yes. macroeconomics. So that would have been year 11 or actually could have been VCE 1, 2 and 3, 4 echo and also the IB version. Yes. Gotcha. Um, so IB echo covers micro, macro, um, international and developmental economics. Um, and then in university, there was a separate subject for micro, separate subject for macro, and the content was almost exactly the same. So you would have felt quite at ease kind of yes. revisiting them. Yes, that's exactly what it was. Oh, that's awesome. And that's even, um, I think, BM, uh, we also covered some uh, accounting content and um, that's that's what I'm covering now at the moment in one of my accounting subjects. Perfect. Yeah. And so if you had a do-over at high school hmm. what subject would you pick to best prepare you for a double degree of com and law i would probably not change any of my subjects i chose i'm glad to have done two commerce subjects um and it was great that the ib actually allowed me to do that uh, because of the six categories in which you had to choose subjects from and because no law subjects are really on offer in ib i think it was uh, literature that prepared me most uh, for law. Oh, um, just how so? Um, because literature is the main English uh, that's on offer at IB. It was, I guess, the analysing text um, that we had to do in literature, the complex language in that text, but also the one of the assessment tasks was an English oral. Um, we had to think on the spot. We got a... Um, uh, a topic on on the day and had 10 minutes to prepare on the spot so I think the process of thinking on the spot and in the moment is is really valuable um, for me and my law degree and just for lawyers in general um, so yeah literature prepared me really well too. The IB structure and the way it is it's a bit more analytical and you can adopt different lenses when you analyze things so That's I get that and so when you have that experience in year 11 or year 12 with IB mm -hmm. and you go to uni it's almost like oh I've done this before. It's all good as opposed to someone who's done VCE going to um, a first year law subject that may be, oh, wow, this is completely new and different. Yes, exactly. Cool. And so now let's talk about you doing first year uni mm -hmm. and when can you transfer? When can you go from the Trobe to Monash and how do you get there? Um, I'm unsure if this is the case for all degrees, but I know for double degrees, um, you can only transfer at the end of the year, um, at the end of your first year. Yep. Yes, I think uh, with internal transfers, you're able to do it at the end of the semester. Yep. Um, but because double degrees are really strict with their course structure, um, you have to wait until the end of the year. Okay, so just reiterating, if you want to transfer to a different course at the same uni, you're able to do it at, after a semester, so every half year or whatever also depending on how many units you've done. But if you want to go to another uni, typically, and if it's a double degree, you have to complete a full year of the first year. Cool. And so when you wanted to move, what were the requirements? Did you have to attain a certain score? Yes. Um, so actually it was even before I started at La Trobe, I think, or very, very, very early in the first year, I called Monash and asked, um, the Monash Connect people exactly um, what I need to do um, in order to transfer. They said, what you have to do is um, maintain a 70 WAM, which is um, WAM stands for weighted average of marks. Um, but they said 70 is the bare minimum. It changes from year to year. And because you're an external transfer, you'll probably need to obtain an average of 80 because the um, standard of marking is different from uni to uni. So a 70 at Monash equates to an 80 at La Trobe. And so that was my, that was my goal then to obtain an 80 wham for the whole year. And that's what I set my, myself to. 
school. Now, did you find that really tricky? Was it hard to get good marks in first year uni? Now, again, for anyone listening, Alice did first year uni in COVID when everyone was home. There wasn't social events and there we couldn't go out. We were bound to our offices, right? How did you find that? Um, it's interesting because if you think of a 70, 70% in high school, you think, oh, that's, that's average or that's um, fairly easy to obtain. Um, 70 in uni is, is not like that. Um, people, people fail uni subjects often and I think even to pass to get uh, above 50 or get around a 60 score takes effort. And so um, to obtain a 70 or 80, yeah, that's, that takes even more effort and it is hard. Um, I think uh, for me and some of my subjects, they came easier to me, um, particularly the commerce subjects. So I scored really well in those commerce subjects and in my law subjects, I scored um, well too. Um, one of them, uh, not so much, um, but it all evened out to um, uh, those requirements that were, um, that I mentioned earlier. And um, I think, yeah, as you mentioned before, Mia, um, with it being a COVID world, that did work in my favour because I I was at home, I wasn't missing out on, on anything else and it did give me the chance to properly grind and, and work um, to achieve that, 70, uh, that 80 wham. Absolutely. I also want to note that if you're a VCE student or an IB student, there's a lot that goes on with scaling and, you know, you, in VC you get your top form and you get your bottom two and you take the 10% of the bottom and this. But at uni, it's just an average. So you know how you calculate an average? You add up all your subjects and you divide it by the amount of subjects <laughs> that you've it. taken. Yeah. That's it. There's no fancy way of working out like your wham, just as like there's a really tricky way of working out your ATAR. Once you're in uni, you go back to basics of calculating averages. And so you take your score from all your subjects, add them together, um, divide it by how many that you took, mm-hmm. and that's your wham. So yes. that's also something to note as well. You don't need to be doing crazy calculations to work out how you can get these marks. Exactly. Now, what about subject credit? So I understand like you would have done very similar subjects at La Trobe to what the students in first year at Monash would have been doing as well. When you transfer to Monash, do you have to repeat these subjects in first year or do they essentially transfer over? Yeah, they actually um, transfer over, which is awesome. Um, all uh, universities um, for law, all of the subjects are the same. Um, the only difference is, I guess, the order of which they do them. And um, commerce, there are set subjects as well, but um, once you choose your major, there's lots of option for choice. Um, so whilst I did go straight into second year at Monash, um, there were one or two subjects um, that are first year subjects that I do uh, I am completing right now because they were second year subjects at La Trobe and first year subjects at Monash. And so I obviously have not completed them, um, hence did not get credit for them and so have to do them now. Okay, but that's like no big deal, right? Because you're still no. not losing time in your course. No, no, no big deal. Um, yeah, I'm not losing time. I um, currently am one semester behind for law and at the current Um, at my current cohort for commerce. Um, So it's no big deal. I can choose to catch up if I would like, or um, so I can do that by overloading. But yeah, that's that's something I'm currently thinking about at the moment. Oh, cool. But again, there's no rush because at uni, people will underload, which means instead of taking four subjects a semester, they'll take three or perhaps two. And what Alice said before about overloading is where you'll take more than four. So you could take five or you do one single subject in the summertime. So when people have holidays or in winter. And again, that's completely optional as well. Yeah, I think what um, students don't realize is that it's so common <laughs> to do um, to overload or to underload or even take time off to travel, all of that. Um, so it's no, it's no big stress if you are... Um, like in my case, one semester behind um, for law. It's just what it is and I can choose how to manage that how I would like um, best. Absolutely. Again, when you're at uni, it's different because you're on your own path and you don't particularly go through the same cohort every year or every subject. You have people which do, but then people that come in and out as well. Exactly. And it's totally fine. Mm -hmm. 
And now what about any challenging parts of transferring? Did you have to like fill out any like huge applications, any letters? Was it through VTAC? How did it work? Yeah, it's actually um, through VTAC, the exact same way that the U12s apply. Really? Yes. Oh, good to know. <laughs> yeah, it's um, relatively straightforward in that sense. Um, I knew the exact due dates. Um, so as soon as it opened, I um, entered in all my details through VTAC. I think most of it was still there from when I was in year 12, which was great. I did make a few phone calls to... Um, VTAC and Monash just to confirm everything because the last thing I wanted was for me to have ticked an incorrect box and then um, do all this hard work, achieve that 80 wham and then not be able to transfer because I didn't tick a box. Um, so that was just, I guess, for peace of mind. But yeah, it was relatively straightforward through the same VTAC uh, process. Just made those phone calls at the end to make sure. And that's good to know and some good advice as well. If you're not sure, I know this comes as like being an adult. <laughs> and when, when you're like on your own, you have to make the phone calls by yourself. Yes. It's no harm in checking, picking up the phone and be like, hey, have I completed my form right? Yes or no? And Monash, hey, I've done this form. Can you select, can you not select? Can you check that it's been received? And they're like, yep, no worries. All good. And that gives you peace of mind. It does, yeah. Then you can not worry about it until office day. And that's that. Absolutely. And now, like hypothetical, mm -hmm. if you didn't get that 80 wham and your marks weren't high enough, mm -hmm. could you still transfer or like was is that just the only deciding factor whether Monash will let you in or not? Yeah, that's the deciding factor. If you miss out, um, too bad. Too bad. So can you apply the next year to get into second year or can you to go into third year, I mean? Um, you could, but you'd have to start from the very start. So <gasps> you'd have to... Um, start year one oh Jesus. again okay yeah so you might as well just finish your degree exactly at the end of the day it doesn't matter where you get your degree from mm -hmm. it's what you do with it and like the other connections and the experiences that you make and um differentiate kind of like yourself as your resume as opposed to like what degrees in your paper yeah cool and now okay so having spent a semester at each of the universities were there any major differences Honestly, from what I can tell so far, it's um, week five now. So I obviously haven't been at Monash for a very long time. But what I can tell thus far is um, that the content is as hard at both unis. Um, so, so the level of difficulty is roughly the same. The amount of the content is roughly the same. Teachers are roughly the same. From what... Uh, I can gauge the only major difference is, um, well, as I mentioned earlier, the order of which the course structure is. Um, but I guess it's just everyone, the, the students in the actual degree, um, having having different goals of where they'd like to end up. So at La Trobe, it's really common for um, people to aim sort of in the more um, uh family law, criminal law sort of areas, um, workplace, industrial disputes, all of that. And at Monash, it's more common for students to aim for um, corporate law, commercial law. That's that's the main difference. And so what that means is that um, there are more events suited uh, to each of those um, goals that the students at the university have. Uh, hence why it's more appropriate for me to be at Monash because that's my goal of where I'd like to end up. Ah, gotcha. Yes. Yeah, totally. I get that. Mm. And now what advice would you give for a first year uni student who perhaps is thinking, I'm not sure if I'm enjoying myself at this uni or perhaps in this course and I want to switch. Mm. What advice do you give? Firstly, this is, this is what I did and I believe this is the best way to go about things. Don't tell anyone that you'd like to transfer. Um, I kept it a, a secret, I guess. I didn't tell anyone at Latrobe because I believed it was my business and my business only. I've heard of stories of people um, who in their first year, they're doing group projects and they say to everyone, we have to get a good mark because I need to transfer. Ah. And I just think that's that's so wrong. It puts too much pressure. It puts pressure on. It's, silly. it's selfish. It's like, why... No one owes you. Um, they don't need to get good marks for you. No. <laughs> and so, um, and, and it's also like, if you do tell people, then I guess it could come across as if you're using people as friends or you're not 
it's just best to avoid altogether. You know what? <laughs> Actually, great advice. I'd never even thought of that. It's so mm. true. Yeah. And it, at the end, when you do tell people that you'd like to transfer, they understand that. And if you explain yourself um, as to why you did not tell people, then they do understand that and respect you for that. So that's the first thing I'd like to say. Yep. Um, secondly, just slowly chip away and just keep grinding at it. It's um, It might sound really daunting, that, that 70 wham, but just uh, 70 or 80 wham if you're an external transfer. Yeah, but just just keep working away at it. Don't get down on yourself if one subject um, you didn't score as highly in as what you would have liked. You've got eight subjects that you're doing across the whole year and it will work to even out um, if you if you put your mind to it. And then also my third piece of advice is to seek out absolutely everything that the uni has to offer. So what I did, um, and this is a really great thing about Latrobe, which I haven't been able to um, uh, gauge if Monash has um, the same sort of services so far, but at Latrobe they had um, uh, learning peer advisors. So they are fourth, fifth year students who have done that same subject. Um, you can speak to them about um, the best ways to study for that subject. Um, uh, how to order your notes for that subject, pretty much everything, any question you have about that subject, they're able to help you with. That's so cool. So like a tutor. Yeah, essentially. Slash mentor slash study guide. For free. <laughs> for free? Yeah, for free. There you go. Yeah. That would have been really handy in COVID. It was. And first year, not knowing exactly. anything. Exactly. It was just a matter of um, a Zoom session. That's all it is. Also, consultations with your teachers are very, very helpful. So if you have an assignment and you have a plan that you put together. Obviously, the teachers can't read over your actual assignment, but they're able to look over your plan and say, yes, that's on the right track or no, it's not. Or also you can go to a consultation with your teacher if you have a question about a particular concept. So sometimes emailing your teacher, um, you're not able to get all the information that you would like or it's a bit difficult to understand uh, their answer. So consultations are really great for that. Also, um, another service that Latrobe had, um, which I also reached out to and used, was um, this service called Studiosity. I think they purchase Studiosity, something, something like that, or they have a partnership with Studiosity. What it is, is a service where you submit your essay and um, students, uh, older students, once again, read over your essay and they give you feedback um, on your actual essay. <laughs> Which I, is awesome. You cannot see my face right now, but my mouth has <laughs> dropped because I wish I had that when I was in first or second year because I was blind, writing essays with no clue whether I was on the right track. Are you joking? No, it's <gasps> it's almost too good to be true. And and the thing is that um, I'm lucky to have heard about it from uh, my friend's older sister before I even started at Latrobe, but it's, it's really not advertised that much unless one of your teachers sort of mentions it in class you don't know about it <laughs> and they give you feedback in four main categories um i think it was structure grammar referencing and coherence or, or something else is the fourth category i'm, I'm not 100 percent sure on that but it's it's awesome it's it's really valuable feedback wow. well okay there's awesome advice mm -hmm. if you are at, like aiming for a particular wham so a particular score that you need there are so many resources, use them to your advantage. And it's not like embarrassing or it's not nerdy to do it because at the end of the day, it's all about you and you've got your goal. And so if you want to achieve it, then these resources are there for free. You might as well use them. Exactly. What You'd be silly not to use them. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. God, that was that was great advice. Now, And well, there's just one more thing with yeah, that. Yeah, go, go. Um, because there are so many uh, resources on offer, um, it may be a bit overwhelming or, or, or whatnot. Just try each of them and you'll figure out, yes, this resource is for me. This is so valuable. It really helped me. Or this one helped me a little, but I'm unsure if it will really help me that much. That's fine too. Just try it because you'll never know otherwise. Mm, cool. Wow, that was great advice. Let's talk about now at Monash. You said you are five weeks in and you're in your second year really fun times yes. tell me about the subjects you're taking now give me a little insight as to like what they're each about and like which ones are for commerce which ones are for law etc yes cool so i'll start off with i guess my commerce side first subject is marketing um the content is pretty straightforward and a lot of what 
I've already covered um, in business management in IB. Um, but what I really like about this subject is the way that they um, assess you. So the assessments are really creative. Whilst the content is rather straightforward, the assessments are creative and that's uh, what makes the subject interesting. So you're like creating like a marketing campaign or proposal or? Um, yeah, so for the first assessment, it's um, uh, using a discussion forum online and you have to answer two questions each week. And then you also have to give feedback to some other students' response as well. Um, so I thought that was really creative because it's, um, it's not an essay. No, it's not an essay. And you don't have to work out like mathematical things in like an accounting or finance subject. Exactly. It's, it's fun. Um, and I really like uh, how you have to respond to someone else as well because it forces you to read other people's um, entries. Then I think the second assessment is um, an essay talking about um, – it's an STP essay, so segmentation, targeting and positioning – we, um, we were just given that essay the other day, so I actually haven't um, begun that yet, but sounds really interesting from what I can tell so far. And then obviously the exam as the last 50%. Yeah, gotcha. Um, so yeah, that's marketing. That's my first subject. Secondly, um, financial accounting. And so that's my other commerce subject. Are they both core units that everyone has to do? Yes. Gotcha. Yes. With this financial accounting subject, there were actually two options. You could do the easier one or the harder one. I chose to do the harder one um, because I'm using this subject as almost a deciding factor of whether um, accounting is for me or not. Um, so whether I will choose that as my major or not. Um, so far, it has been as hard as what they say. The fail rate is apparently 47%. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but again, there's yeah. support out there to help you. And I guess you've got to get on top of it from exactly. the start. So exactly. if you were going to do a major in accounting, you would need this subject. Yeah. Sorry, what are your assessments like in accounting? What Interestingly, with this subject, there are a lot of assessments. Ooh. I think there's about six. Um, we've done one so far, which was a diagnostic test, just a multiple choice test online. There's a manual assignment. So um, that's... Is that like plugging numbers yeah. and like putting the balance sheet together? Exactly. The trial balance. Wow, these are my accounting terms yeah. coming back from my VC. You know too much. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. Um, so yeah, we have that. Then we have a mid-semester test as well, which I think involves short answer as well as multiple choice. Um, then uh, we have a group assignment and then we also have the exam. Yeah. One thing in uni, a lot of the commerce oh, and law subjects have exams. Yes. So whatever you learn throughout the course of the 12 weeks will be on the exam. Yes. And for the most part, they're weighted 40%, 50% or 60%. Yeah. Do you have to pass the exam to pass the subject like a hurdle? Correct. Cool. Yeah. So if you fail the exam, unfortunately, you, no matter how well you've done in the rest of the subject, unfortunately, you do fail the subject. So it's good to get on top of it from the start um, so you know what's going on. Okay, so we talked uh, marketing, we talked finance. Mm -hmm. What was the other ones that you're doing? Uh, so they're my two commerce subjects. Yep. I also have my two law subjects at the moment. Uh, the first is tort law, which I actually find so fascinating. What is that? <laughs> it's just asking for a friend. <laughs> asking for a friend. Um, torts are civil wrongdoings. So clearly not a law student, never done legal <laughs> studies in my life. But okay. Um, what I really like about it is it's fascinating because it's all about um, things people do in daily life that are wrong. So civil wrongdoings means civil means in daily life. Um, but what I also really like about this subject, not only is it very interesting, the content, but it's run very, very well. Oh, good. And so that's a thing at uni. You have to sort of um, come to accept sometimes that some subjects are not run as well as what you would perhaps like and other subjects are run so, so well and um, super organised and makes it really easy for you to follow. Um, so that's my third subject. Yeah. And finally, um, I have criminal law. And this subject actually only started in week four, so it started last week. Oh, and then, okay, so you're doing a double degree, so you've got like all these commerce core units you have to do. You have all these law units you have to do. Just a side note for anyone listening, double degree does not mean double the time or double the work. It's just the same as a normal degree. You yes. might just have an extra year. Correct. Now, do you get much choice outside of those core units? Like do some like fun electives or like, 
internship, work placement type of thing? Yeah, with a double, um, you don't get much choice. For all of the first year of a double, the subjects are set. And for most of the second year as well, you might get one or two choices in the second year of your double. Um, For me, in the case of uh, law and commerce, all my law subjects are set. I get no choice with that. Um, Have to do all of them. And then for commerce, uh, there are a few uh, set commerce subjects or core commerce subjects in the first year and the first semester of second year. But then after then, all your subjects in commerce are based around the major that you choose. Gotcha. At the moment, I know you're just in second year, but Mm. what do you think your majors would be? Right now, I'm uh, thinking about economics and accounting or or accounting. Probably leaning more towards economics because it's my interest. I'm just fascinated by it. I'm also uh, relatively good at it, so it comes quite easy to me. Policy in particular uh, and and macroeconomics is my interest. Um, But I'm also open to accounting as my major because um, from what I've heard from my mentor, it's um, accounting knowledge and and understanding of the accounting process is very, very valuable for lawyers. Gotcha. Um, So that's just something something I'm considering at the moment. So that was your major for commerce. Do you pick a major for law? No, not at all. So you have to do all the um, uh, family law civil yes criminal whatever it's called yeah no matter how much you enjoy them or or do not enjoy them you have to do all of those yes makes sense yes totally gotcha and um monash being the type of uni where a lot of students who are there would have gotten quite a high score and you could say that they are quite studious how do you find being around such highly motivated individuals do would you say it's competitive or is it more collaborative um I have met some really lovely people who are um, obviously uh, highly intelligent, but uh, collaborative more than competitive. Okay. And so I think whilst um, at Monash, it is very competitive just in general, uh, in the law uh, faculty and and with all, all the law students. Firstly, that competition is healthy to an extent because it is motivating and um, makes you work really hard, all of that. But it can be unhealthy if it goes um, to an extent where people are, I guess, snitching on each other and um, not not helping each other out and not sharing notes, all of that kind of stuff. So I think whilst um, the sort of two types of people exist, you can um, you can figure people out and, and you can hang around those who aren't overly competitive. That that it's unhealthy. You can you can find your people and um, people who work uh, with a really good work ethic, similar to you but who are more competitive, uh, more collaborative than competitive. Yeah, totally. And would you say that you've now transitioned to find friends or make friends easy now that you are on campus, but at Monash, is yes. it quite social? Yeah, it, that, that's something I've really noticed as well um, compared to Latrobe. And Monash is a very social uni and has lots of social events and... Um, yeah, I guess that facilitates uh, friendships and relationships between people. So I actually in the third week, third or fourth week um, at Monash went to a second year law dinner. Um, they created this event because uh, they believed that us as second year students, pretty much first year students, because we haven't been on campus, we deserve an event too. <laughs> Um, so I think they had a camp for the first year students and then they had this second year law dinner for us and I actually met a lovely um, group of friends. They were already a group because they were third year students. They transferred into law as well and now I've created a study group from from these new friends that I've made and also have been studying with them on campus just in general. So oh, I love it. They're lovely. Um, That's really yeah. nice because it really makes or breaks a unique experience when you can I just ask, did you go to the law and dinner knowing anyone? No, I knew absolutely no one. And see, okay, this is a prime <laughs> example. Typically students wouldn't do this in high school, but in uni it is so normal to go to events and go to things by yourself because a lot of people go by themselves and then you walk out with friends or with a new network. Exactly. That's something to keep in mind. You are not the only one going by yourself, um, so don't let that stop you from going. 
But also the types of people who go to these events are the sociable people, are the people who can uh, speak to people and, and they're the people who also want to make friends. So it won't be difficult. As soon as you step inside, you will be fine. <laughs> you just don't overthink it exactly um it may be scary at first but just put yourself in that uncomfortable situation because you'll thank yourself later speaking from my own experience i know it's not all about me but i didn't do it because i was like i'm not going by myself i'm scared and boy i wish i did because i didn't meet any friends yeah and that's a regret that you um have afterwards exactly. if you do not do the i looking back in my first year i totally regret not putting myself out there Anyway, so about the double degree, what are the benefits to have commerce and law and this wealth of knowledge in two areas? I know we kind of touched on it, but maybe just give me some some dot points. Yeah, good question. I think uh, the first thing is that it opens up a lot of career options. Um, whether I choose to take more of the law side of things or commerce side, I have both options there, which is great. So firstly, um, career opportunities opens up more options. Secondly, it means that I never get bored of either discipline. I touched on this earlier, but having two commerce subjects and two law subjects going at the same time, um, I never get bored of either commerce or law. So it keeps it both interesting, um, which I love. And also I believe this is something I was considering uh, when I was deciding to do a, a double degree or doing commerce then law. I believe it's really good to do law with another degree because doing straight law is a lot. Even from the two law subjects that I do at the moment, there's a lot of readings and there's a lot of preparation. I prepare for my law subjects, um, I put more time into that preparation than for my commerce subjects. I can't imagine having that two times over and having four law subjects all at once, having 200 pages of readings for each of your four subjects a week. That's just a lot it's too much too much and um for me if that means uh, uh quitting uh part-time jobs or or not um not being able to have the balanced lifestyle uh that i do currently have then it, it's not worthwhile uh doing straight law then um so yeah i would say they are the three benefits of the double degree for me awesome and so hey where to next are we thinking internship experience are we thinking work experience um, how can you make the most of this huge degree and like find it like your niche or your passion? Yeah, it's an interesting question because um, people sort of say you should know the area of law you're interested in or what you're, um, what you're interested in at the sort of start of your degree and you can't figure that out later on because it's too late. But you do figure that out uh, as you take more subjects throughout your degree. For me at the current, I have actually recently started a commerce internship um, at an accounting firm. So Excellent. that's um, been great so far. Um, that's whether I choose accounting as my major or not, I believe this will be really valuable um, background knowledge, as I mentioned earlier, of, of the accounting process. And then uh, the areas of law of which I'm interested in at the moment are um, commercial law, uh, finance law, banking law, all of, I guess, the commerce, uh, commerce law subjects. Um, whilst I am interested in them, I'm also aware of not pigeonholing myself into those areas and still having an open mind throughout my degree. Yeah, absolutely. And so the last question, which I ask everyone just to wrap up, we've had such a great chat about this whole process. And you know what, this roller coaster that you went on back from receiving your ATAR and, you know, not making your first preference to now achieving your goal, smashing it, making the most of it. It's really heartwarming because like if you can do it, anyone can do it. And it's and it's totally OK. You do get to where you want to be in the end. Exactly. Yes. <sighs> Now, that was just my little rant, but mm -hmm. what I asked everyone was what's something you wish you knew when you were in year 12 or perhaps you were 11 that you wish that, you know, your older self came and told you? I'd say two things yep. here. Um, firstly, the importance of revision. Revision is so important. And in the end, um, we're told to revise from our teachers. We're told you must revise, you must revise, you must revise. But students don't know when to revise or um, how often to revise or even the importance of revision. 
you need to get into those habits uh, even before year 12. Get into the habits of revision in year 10 and 11. Revise every month, every week, whatever it is, get into a habit of it. So then by the time year 12 comes around, when you are tested on a whole year's worth of con content, or in the case of IB, two years worth of content, revision is key. You actually cannot succeed if you do not revise. And I think that's uh, the area where I fell short. Um, at, at high school, I did not revise enough. That is one of my biggest regrets. So yeah, the importance of revision um, is certainly something uh, I wish I did know when I was in school. Secondly, um, this is actually a quote from a podcast um, with an African-American woman called um, Lisa Nichols. She said, quote by Lisa, don't wait until you um, know with certainty because you'll never know with certainty. Just act now, even if you know, uh, even, even if you can only see 10 steps ahead rather than uh, 100 steps ahead, act now because um, if you're waiting around to act with certainty, certain, you'll never, you never have certainty. You'll never know with complete certainty. So whether this applies to a job offer or um, a, a uni, um, you know, in my case, aiming to transfer unis, whatever it is, uh, don't wait till you know with certainty. Just, just look 10 steps ahead, then 10 steps ahead, 10 steps ahead. Before you know it, you're there at your end goal. So just chip away. I love that. Absolutely <laughs> great pieces of advice. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Anytime. Great. Such a lovely chat. Now, if anyone wants to find you, can they reach out to you on LinkedIn or on an email address? Either. Um, LinkedIn, email address, Facebook, Instagram, DM, literally anything. Love it. Now, Alice is so lovely. She would love to answer any questions you might have about IB, about even Latrobe, Monash, the whole transferring process. Um, let her know. Of course. Uh, please, please do not be scared or think that I'll judge you in any way. Um, just ask. It's my um, inbox is open. Love it. Thank you so much, Alice. Thank you for having me, Mia. Bye. Bye. If you like this episode or have any more questions, head over to our Instagram at the.studentspace. Now there is a full stop between the and student. And just remember this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not provide any personal advice. Thank you for all your support, everyone. See you later.